What's happening, world? I'm your host, the Wizard of Waz, Benji Wozniak. And this week, me and Kara will be going over the movie Shaun of the Dead. Now, I love Shaun of the Dead. This is one of my favorite horror comedies. I, it's one of the best zombie movies, I think. Well, aside from George Romero, but we'll talk about that later. And I think that Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, when they first were teaming up together, were such an unstoppable team. Like I thought that I would call Simon Pegg his muse. Yeah, it's a very funny movie. And it's a good parody on zombie movies. You know, you don't see a lot of parodies on zombie movies. This one actually does really well. It's, it's, it's both funny and serious. Absolutely. And when I watch this movie, I kind of imagine it happening in the same world as Dawn of the Dead or Day in the Dead. It's just a different movie, you know? This crisis is happening. It's just, this one's a comedy and they're dumb. And I think the movie touches on that when we see their parallels with uh, Martin Freeman's gang and Yvonne's gang. And I think that's really, and we can get back into that when we talk about the meat of the movie, but I am a huge fan. Yeah, I liked it too. Uh, and I like the fact that the zombies aren't these like zombies that run 90 miles an hour, like in, was it Day After Tomorrow? or the new Dawn of the Dead because rigor mortis sets in and it's more realistic like these people would be staggering and like you know not moving fast and the, even though the new uh, zombie movies kind of scare the hell out of me oh absolutely fast zombies scare me I thought that was interesting for like a British zombie movie to pull off of Day of the Dead which comes from America versus 28 Days Later which is a British zombie movie and they are fast moving zombies yeah most definitely I just I, I've always liked the zombie movies like Night of the Living Dead, Coming to Get You, Martha. I mean, those are all great movies. And I, I think it's great that they did like an homage of comedy with this, you know, because you see a lot of comedy movies for slasher films and, you know, other things like that. But to do it on the zombie one was kind of funny. Absolutely. And I think it started like a wave of it because after that, we see Pride and Prejudice and zombies and we see um, warm bodies and we see this higher rise of zombie content and zombie comedies where I view this movie that came out in 2004 to be in the forefront of that and to be leading the pack. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like the movies we covered before, Time Bandits, the person that did this almost went broke by making this movie. Which is so funny because then he turned this into the Cornetto trilogy. So it's like you made, what, millions of dollars in a trilogy off of this? You launched, well, not launched. We could say that Space launched Simon Pegg's career. But I feel like this really pushed him into the forefront of acting. And I think this movie shows that he can do comedy as well as be serious. Yes, absolutely. And like, you know, a lot of the parts he is trying to be serious, you know, uh, with his best friend, Ed, who is a total screw up. He wants to be good to Ed, but, you know, Ed does all kinds of stuff that makes basically Sean's life miserable, but he doesn't see it because it's his friend and they do funny stuff together. But then like you see Sean's also kind of like wanting to be serious with his girlfriend, Liz. And what I love most about this movie is that it really celebrates and accentuates the friendship between Ed and Sean because that is I feel like the heart of the whole movie for all of Ed's shortcomings he essentially does die for Sean I think it's really beautiful because you see them always protecting each other always standing up for each other and always trying to do right by each other even though it does make Sean miserable we even see at the end when Liz has moved into the apartment Ed is obviously not there and it is cleaner it's decorated they're drinking tea it feels like a home and I think it's really interesting to to see that dynamic of like how maybe your best friend can hold you back but in this sense I think it was Ed's lack of ambition that held him back yeah and like there's three friends because there's uh Pete 
the other roommate, and all three of them were friends together, and they all hung out together and, and partied and all that stuff. But Pete says it. He goes, I grew up, and you two didn't. And he's like, you know, when was the last time we did this thing together? And he's like, oh, that was great. And he's like, it was five years ago. He's like, when's he going to leave? You know, he's like, well, let's let's move on. And he's like, you know, you're holding yourself back. You know, Liz broke up with you because basically you're a loser and you're letting this guy drag you down. Absolutely. And I thought it was so funny because then when we're first introduced to Ed, he's doing the same exact thing. Well, essentially, he's doing the same things that he's doing as a zombie to show that Ed was like kind of mindless the whole time. And I think the movie does this so well. When we look at Sean's first two days in the film, he gets broken up with. He goes kind of aimlessly the next morning to the store makes like small talk with the store owner keeps going but kind of minds his own business and he's like kind of oblivious to all his surroundings sort of like a zombie would be and then the second day when the infection has really started and people are actually missing and dying he's doing the same thing and he's so oblivious to zombies in the street and like the bloody handprint on the convenience store door he doesn't even like see the shop owner in the back he's like I owe you money and then we see the shop owner later as a zombie like kind of with his hand out and I think it's so funny to show that like even though he wasn't infected he was always sort of a zombie and to go through the zombie apocalypse he had to like become fully realized as a man yeah 100 percent. you know he does go through life oblivious but i think like the only thing that he's not oblivious to is david's love for liz like he knows that he goes look you know all through the movie he's like because you want her because you want so he sees things but he sees things that he chooses to see absolutely and i think he but i think it also goes that like he's like afraid to sort of live because we see him stuck in the same job going to the same bar every night like very in a routine which i think was supposed to emphasize like being a zombie and not moving past things but he does and i think having david be such a bad guy is supposed to be like more justified in the end when he dies and like we see him like we're like oh thank god that guy sucks yeah he is kind of a tool i mean even like with his girlfriend die like he, he's in love with liz he's with die and you see like he treats die kind of like you know crap he, just, he doesn't treat her good and you know she accepts this. she says i accept this and no woman should ever accept being treated like crap exactly which kind of sucks because I think in this movie we do have some pretty strong female characters we have Liz who constantly stands up for herself and is like but like is still tied to someone which I think is a very normal we see Di who's kind of like the wimpy friend but she does teach everyone how to be a zombie and they blend in so that was good and then we see Yvonne who actually brings the nat like the British version of the National Guard in and saves them and saves the day which I thought that scene was hysterical they're gonna be shooting with machine guns hitting all zombies and no humans give me a break yeah but that's like a lot of action movies nowadays like how many times do you see like rambo shooting all these people and like no one shoots him i mean it's it, it kind of fits the genre a lot of the movie i thought was kind of good like as far as like parodies with people like with uh sean and philip his stepfather he's like all through the movie they're like your dad and he's like it's not my dad it's not my dad and then when they're in the car and he's you know, he's dying he's like tells Sean how he feels and how he's always felt about them and he's like you know you see Sean kind of break that you know he did love this man absolutely and I thought that was such a nice scene to them be like piggybacked on the fact that he's like now fighting with the child locks and can't get out of the car and we kind of see Ed freeze sort of like why aren't you helping your friend I think that would be like the lowest point of the movie for Ed for me within his relationship with Sean but yeah I loved it and I loved Bill Nye I thought this movie had a lot of star power for being so small oh 100 percent. and you know like and i think like a lot of the times you see sean he stands up like when he's fighting the zombie and he stabs him and stuff and he looks over at ed and dave and he's like guys why didn't you help me and they're both like oh we didn't want to cramp your style <laughs> you know so like you see he's kind of 
alone in his battles. And I think that's like alone in his battles in life too. Absolutely. Now in the final battle, I thought this was super interesting and tell me if I'm reading too much into it. So he's in a white shirt, right? He loses his tie. He's kind of bloodied. And then he ties the like red part around him. Didn't that remind you of Christopher Walken in The Deer Hunter? Oh, 100%. 100%. And that was a great movie. The Deer Hunter was great. In case you guys don't see it, you have to see it. The Deer Hunter is an older movie and it's one of those classics where you watch it and you go, wow, this is really traumatic. <laughs> yeah. It's also very bleak and highly traumatic. Don't go in thinking it's a lighthearted movie, <laughs> especially the scene that I'm referencing. But I thought that was really interesting because I felt that it showed or it was at least symbolism of he comes back from like bringing the hordes away from this group. And to me, it was kind of like, oh, maybe this was like his homage of like being at war because I mean, Nick, Christopher Walken's character in The Deer Hunter is psychologically damaged. And we see Sean even say that he's like, I killed my stepdad and my mom today. Don't also make me kill my best friend. Like that is a lot to go through in a day. Oh, 100%. I mean, he has some traumatic stuff. And don't forget, Liz broke up with him. So uh, he was dealing with a lot of trauma as that is, you know, what was going on in his life. So and then all this stuff explodes in his face and he has to be he has to reluctantly be a hero. Exactly. But I think it's so funny because he's like, this is the plan. We're going to get mom. We're going to get Liz. And then they have no plan. He's like, we're just going to get everyone together. And then, of course, the ending plan is to go to the bar, the Winchester. And I don't know if you noticed this. Remember when Ed's talking about day drinking right in the beginning of the film? And he's like, we're going to get Bloody Marys and then we're going to get a bite and then we're going to stagger to the bar and then we're going to wrap up the day with shots. And then all that actually happens. Like Bloody Marys, the girl that they kill in the garden. The bite is of King's Head is when the stepdad gets bit. The drinks at Little Princess, that's when they actually rescue. I forgot to say that one. They zombie walk to the Winchester and then they end up using the gun and shoot up the bar. So I thought that was really clever of Edgar Wright and I think this really shows to his writing and I think it's kind of fun but what did you think? Oh I agree. I thought like a lot of the stuff that went on in this movie was just hysterical. I thought it was really great. They reference a lot of American movies when Ed does Clyde the Orangutan from any which way you can. I mean, that was great. I thought it was funny. I mean, and I agree with you. I think that like they did a lot of where they talk about something and then they like they put it into play. Yeah, foreshadowing and you see it coming and then like you just look at that little innuendos and you're like, oh, there it is right there. This is a tangent about movie foreshadowing because I just have to reference one of my favorite movies, which is Midsummer, And I think it does some of the best foreshadowing shadowing because it tells you the whole story in photos throughout the movie and I love it that's all I'm gonna say about film foreshadowing I think it's great yeah I just watched uh, a show 1884 and at the very beginning they show you what happens it's like the ending kind and then it goes into the movie so you kind of see like what's gonna happen so it like it's not like really foreshadowing but it's like how would I put it like pre-ending yeah the end of this beginning me either but it's interesting I thought it was interesting because you're like why would you do that because I'm like oh like the very first episode I was like oh that sucks and then like it gets into her story and I'm like it's I can't like you because you're gonna you're not gonna be here <laughs> that's funny I haven't seen um 1884 that's the offshoot of Yellowstone right I also haven't seen Yellowstone but maybe I will that's not on Paramount Plus okay well Maybe I'll. <laughs> um, back to Edgar Wright. One other thing I want to point out in his writing, this is something I think he mimics in all his films, and this is something he does well, is when he gives exposition in film by having the character change the channels and having seemingly unrelated clips tell the story of what's going on and I think this one and Baby Driver stand out the most to me in ways that they do it I think it's such an interesting way to give exposition in such a fun and exciting way that is different than just having people talk or having a news clip yeah it's like when he's in the store he works at 
and he's flipping through the channels and like he's basically in a in a trance and you know but you're watching all the stuff that's transpiring and he doesn't even notice the fact that the world's coming to like an end and he's just so like stuck on whatever he's thinking and it's just if you watch it, look at the cameras like of the TVs it shows like there's a zombie apocalypse coming and there's all kinds of trauma but he doesn't see it which is so funny because he's so oblivious to everything because he's a zombie in his own life but then he becomes the hero I thought it was also very funny so part of the Cornetto trilogy is Hot Fuzz and that was the second movie in it this being the first and in this movie Sean does the thing where he's like we're gonna take a shortcut and he tries to hop the fence but the fence falls but then in Hot Fuzz he's like a very skilled police officer so he can hop the fence he does like 18 in a row I just think it's so funny that Wright has all these callbacks and all these intricacies within his stories and I think it makes it like richer and more fun to watch like upon rewatch yeah so they continue the gag I like when I like when shows do that they continue the gag so actually the part with when he's working for the electrical supply company like the electrical appliance place it's actually called for re electric, so <laughs> so you know you kind of laugh at that because he's he, he's working for something and he's basically giving it for free. That's so funny, and I thought it was so funny that he's like he's like working with like all kids, and he's like, well, you guys are gonna respect me, and they're like, why? <laughs> I thought that was so funny. That one kid, he's like, no, I'm like 17, and he's like, oh, I'm like 29. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that when I'm at work. I'm like talking to people, and they're like, I'm like, oh, dang, I'm old. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm 53, and I work with a bunch of young kids, and I'm like, you know. Today, everybody wants to be on their phone, and you know, I'm trying to get them. I'm like, get off your phone, get off your phone, get off your phone. And they like look at me, and they're like, but I'm like, there's no bots. You can't be, at, you can't be on your phone at work. And they're like, but I'm like, there's no bots. That's actually infuriating to me. Get off your phone at work. Granted, sometimes I do check my phone at work, but also that's infuriating and I think I know who you're talking about yeah it's just funny I just like I just think the cultural change is different and it's, it shows in this movie because you know this kid's on his phone when Sean's trying to give a speech about like what the, the owner wants and everything and he's like yeah wait a minute I got a phone call and you know Sean looks at him and he doesn't say anything and he lets the kid do it and he's like you know then afterwards he answers the phone and he's like you know what about you and he's like well it's not about me yeah I thought that interaction was so funny because it shows that like if Sean wasn't in that position of authority he'd be acting just like that kid because like he's kind of of like is this like don't care like attitude until of course the world is ending and yeah he kills his stepdad and then it becomes a it becomes real i also thought it was really funny how when ed was always like asked to do something he was always gonna be like oh yeah two seconds two seconds and then sean actually calls that back when he's like oh i'm going out to the shed and she's like oh we'll be quick he's like oh yeah two seconds and then we see him playing video games with a zombified ed like chained up and i thought that was so funny yeah and like the part where he actually goes off on ed about his life he's like look you know you've, you've done nothing you're you know you hold me back and like he basically repeats what pete told him to Ed and then you know he feels bad about it after when Ed's dying and Ed Ed sacrificed himself basically to, to like save them so he's you know he feels bad and he's like look I'm so sorry and he's like oh no you know we're both sorry you know he's like and then he farts and says you know I'm sorry and he goes what and he goes I'm sorry and he's like oh god which I thought was such a good example of how strong their relationship was and how good it was and I think a movie like this to come out in 2004 is so important because at that time we weren't seeing male friendships portrayed like this we didn't have this kind of unconditional love that we see between them which yes you can go off on someone but at the end of the day you can both apologize and see where the other's coming from granted 
and then still have your jokes between each other. So I thought it was really, really nice. Yeah, not to mention in life, we have friends like that. We have friends that aren't like, you know, they don't step up in, in life like they should, but they're our friends and we stand by them because we love them. And, you know, and we want to see them do good. And like, we just, you know, can't make them do anything they don't want to do. And they, I just think that, you know, like I have friends like that. You know, I want to see them do great, but they just don't try. They have no motivation and you can't give them motivation. You know, all you can do is be their friend. Exactly. And I think the best resolution to this is when Ed turns into a zombie and then they still play video games because that's all Ed wanted to do so Sean can take little breaks and play video games with him and then he can still have his grown up mature life so I thought this was a really nice way to resolve that issue that they had while still being as realistic as you could in a zombie movie. Yes 100% and you know the movie wasn't supposed to be called Shaun of the Dead it was supposed to be called Tea Time of the Dead Well I'm glad they went with Shaun of the Dead because then we had this um, the spinoff Juan of the Dead. Did you ever see that? No, I haven't. Is it funny? I have also not seen it. I came across it during my research for this for this episode, and it looks hilarious. The cover art alone is worth looking up. I definitely have to see it because, like I said, I like the zombie movies. I like uh, George Romero, who is a fan of Shaun of the Dead. You know, I like all the zombie movies. Even the last one where the zombies kind of started to get intelligence again, even though it was kind of stupid, but the premise was kind of good. Yeah, I love a good zombie film because I think there's so much good commentary in a zombie film. And I think George Romero did it the best. I mean, he always talked about consumerism and capitalism in his and in America in his films. And I think Edgar Wright really also plays on that and uses this as we see like oh we're gonna capitalize on zombies we're gonna make them in like our put them in our workforce we're gonna have tv shows about them we're gonna exploit them as much as we can while still like going on within this consumeristic society so i think with george romero being an inspiration for this I think this it really helps give this movie that second level. Oh, yes, 100%. And what's the television show that's on right now? Walking Dead. Walking Dead was groundbreaking, and it's been on for, like, years now, and they've never lost the step when it comes to, like, uh, viewation, because people still love to see it and they always want to know what's going on and they they got away from the zombies a little bit and then they got back to the zombies but the, the bottom line is like an apocalyptic world where like you know your best friend might be able to eat exactly and i think topics like this are feeling more relevant every day not saying that zombies could happen but just saying like the ideas of having to survive outside of a normal society like we're used to because all societies at some point will break down not saying that we're going to break down but you can see that there is a decline happening so if we do break down we would have to rely on these survivalistic ideas and like ways of life and I think when we can see that anxiety through a film and we see the characters be successful, it gives us kind of hope. All I know is if you're running next to me, don't because I'm going to trip you. <laughs> I don't got to be faster than you. I just can be smarter than you. And I'm going to trip you because this way the zombies stop and eat you and I get away. Here's the thing. Realistically, if my fight or flight is not that strong, I will literally just die. Like, I have no desire to live in a world without running water. I am sorry. Hey, well, you know, I'm sorry. So my my zombie podcast partner will be... <laughs> I'll be like Nick. For, actually, I'll just be a zombie. I'll just go like here on the podcast while you actually have content. Like when they're on Shaun of the Dead, when they're singing, they're going and the zombie. And I thought that part was so funny because they're just like drunk, having a good time, not realizing that this guy is undead. And they're like, "You suck, anyways." And like, just like move on. Like the way that they were able to have fun with each other was so nice, and it was so cool, and it was so funny. 
Yeah, and like when they see the guy and the girl, they think they're making out, and they're like, "Oh, look at him! He's going! She's going off on him!" And like the head flops off, and you're like, "Oh my god!" It's so funny. It's like, "Oh my god!" It's like, how dumb can you be? But also, I guess like when you're drunk like that, like it doesn't matter, right? You're just like, "Oh my god!" This head just fell off. Yeah, it was really sad. There's so much silliness in that, like especially when they're trying to kill. The guy comes on TV and says, "You have to chop off or destroy the head." They run outside with the albums and they're going through the albums, and he's like, "No, don't throw that one." He's like, "Batman, Batman, the th- soundtrack." He's like, "All right, throw that." And like, Sade. He's like, "Wait, no." <laughs> Wait, no, that's Liz's. Don't throw that. He throws it anyways. And I thought, like, moments like that is what makes the movie so great. And I thought that was so that one scene when they're first trying to kill the first zombie is so funny. When the girl like falls back and they they think they kill her, and then she comes back up and Ed takes out his phone to like take a photo and Sean's like no don't like that's distasteful I was like that is hysterical also fun fact did you know the streaming of or like the purchasing because it was like 2004 so the streaming and purchasing of don't stop me now rose like 60% after this film the like queen song that they play at the climax battle oh yeah no I didn't even I didn't even like I had never heard that queen song before and like I was like oh that's a queen song and like it wasn't something I'm used to hearing so like a lot of the queen song I love queen songs by the way but I'd never heard that one before and I was like oh that's kind of interesting that they played that queen song I thought it was so funny too when they're like beating the one guy like in rhythm and then he's like to David he's like David kill the queen and he's like wait what and he's like no the jukebox like kill queen that's playing I just thought the movie had so such good humor while having a lot of heart and telling a great story. Yeah, and you know, when Sean's mom dies, like I was reading that he actually got tear, like he became emotional during that scene because like he's such a good actor, and it just for him it like was heart- he actually felt like it was heartbreaking that his mother had died. And I think that speaks to Simon Pegg because I agree with you. I think he is a great actor. He can be very. He, I think he's kind of pigeonholed into comedy, but when he does a more serious role, I think he's very poignant, and I think he does it very well. I think we it touches on this here in Shaun of the Dead, which I would consider one of his more like breakout roles into film. And I think it's still continued on today. Oh, 100%. And this is a British comedy. So like if you're going into it, a lot of it you might not get. Like as an American, you're not used to that type of, of humor. Like a lot of people watch certain things like, you know, what's that, Death Adder, Monty Python, and they go, they don't get it. But it's it, it's because it's a different culture. But it's it's really hysterical if you like really like know what, it, what they're talking about. Absolutely. I think it's so funny. And I think it's I love British humor. I love a good dry British humor. So I think this movie is great. But I do find it a little bit more punchy than most British films. But I love it. I would say I've watched this one the most and then Hot Fuzz and then At World's End the least amount. I think I've only seen that one like twice. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of British comedy. I think it's funny. I've, I grew up on Monty Python, Benny Hill. So for me, this is great. I was like, you know, it, it's it's a different type of humor, and I strongly recommend you watching it. It was really a funny movie. It's very fun. It's good for some laughs. It's a quick watch. I would say I would watch all three of them if you want, or just watch the first two. They're the best ones. Have a cornetto while you do it. Actually, I don't think you can get those in America. Can you? I don't think so. I don't even know what that is. So you know how they always eat those little ice creams? And he's like, oh, a Cornetto is the best for a hangover. So since they like mentioned that it wasn't paid product placement during the release of Shaun of the Dead, Cornetto actually sent Edgar Wright like all these free ice creams as like advertise as like, thank you for advertising for free. And then they made this joke. They were like, oh, we're going to put this in the next movie. And hopefully we get more ice creams. And then it kind of snowballed into three films. So in each movie, the Cornetto represents like the theme of the film. 
film. So in this one, they eat strawberries for like the blood and the guts of the zombies. In Hot Fuzz, they drink, they eat the original blue ones to represent that he is a cop and like the police force and that. And then in At World's End, they eat the mint chip green ones to represent the little like green men and the science fiction nature of the film. So I thought that was really interesting and such a fun tie-in. Interesting. I love Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia. I'm just saying, if you're listening, Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia. We love you, Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia. This is not a paid sponsorship, but if you want to thank us in ice cream, we are waiting. <laughs> and Chunky Monkey. <laughs> but um, no, so a lot of good stuff's been going on for us. Like I just did Listen Notes interview uh, and you can look on listen notes and see it for our podcast and we've been reached out to by a bunch of people for uh you know coming on to our show which is amazing because it makes us really happy that you guys are listening to us and even want to be on our show so we do thank you and let's just keep on rolling and see where this can go absolutely i'm excited to hear from different points of view and have people on our show because i mean we can talk all day we do that all the time anyways so i'm really excited to get some new ideas some new voices we have a lot of fun things on the horizon. You definitely have to check out Ben's interview. He really crushed it. He did a great job, really spotlighting everything that he does on this podcast and all the hard work that he's put into it. And it's like really exciting, you know? It's been going on for three years, and we're just really excited that you guys are like keeping this momentum going for us. Yeah, and like we have people from all over the world listening to us, and that's like the great thing. Like, uh, sitting here you see people from like asia and india and africa like all listening to our podcast and that's great that's a great feeling and we want you to know we always will appreciate you guys always and it's just we just feel so touched that we haven't that you're able to listen to us and you feel related to us and you like what we say because we like what we say and we want to relate to you guys too so we do have some more exciting things to get a little bit more interactive um i think we might join up with a few other pods just to broaden and strengthen our communities well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I I mean, there's a lot that's going on and it's it's very exciting. And, you know, the future looks bright for everybody. I mean, hopefully, you know, like I said, you guys will continue to listen to us and we can move on. Absolutely. Um, can't wait to do another movie, maybe something different next week. We'll talk about it off screen, but we'll give you guys, it will be fun. We can't wait to do it. Yeah. So like, again, thank you all for listening to us. I'll let Kara wrap up and then we'll be gone. Oh, I have nothing to say uh, this week except thank you guys all again. Um, watch Shaun of the Dead if you can. Also watch anything by George Romero. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, please tune in next week to What's Happening.